Good morning. I just wanted to come up here and introduce our speaker. Um, Sean's a good friend of mine. Um, I've known him for probably six, seven years now, just coming from Walk for Water. He stays usually with me uh, when he comes here. He's got in yesterday. We got to hang out. We got to talk a little bit, got to share, share a meal together. Um, he's a really good guy. I spent some quality time with him a couple years ago when I went to Haiti with Healing Hands International. We went out there. It was their hundredth or their thousandth well drilling celebration. And one of the neat things about that trip that we got to do is we got to dedicate a well to uh, Ron White when we were out there. Um, so it was nice to, to share in fellowship with that, with Sean. Um, Sean knew Ron, um, knows Ron pretty well. Um, it's good to have him here. Um, he's going to bring us a good lesson. So I'm going to turn it over to Sean. Well, I don't know if I could have had a better introduction. Thank you, Matt. Uh, now the pressure's on. I uh, want to share with you this morning uh, the theme for Walk for Water this year, and then we're going to take that from talking about walking to, I think, a, a, a thing that we can all relate to when we, we talk about the word change. Uh, that's a scary word for some of us, change. But before we get into that this morning, for those of you who are like, what in the world is Walk for Water? Well, if you haven't been here for the last 12 years, then you're new, then this being the 13th Walk for Water, uh, maybe this will help you understand. So last year and this year, we've gone with the theme, Change the Cycle. And you'll, you'll have shirts, and some of you are wearing the shirts, and on the back are four icons. And I just want you to look at those real quick, because when you wear the shirt, people ask questions. I don't want you to be like, oh, I don't know. I just wear the shirt. It's comfortable. There's four logos on there that I want you to look at. The first one is the need for those who struggle to have water on a daily basis. That little person silhouette with the bucket turned over is just the daily struggle that those around the world go through that don't have access, easy access to clean water. The icon is it comes down to the little arrow points you to two little silhouettes walking and that's what we're doing today. That's what you all have done for 13 years, including today. Then the icon brings you around to that water drop with the nice little squiggly lines, and that represents clean water, which is why we walk for water. And then my favorite is, they are choreographing in the Church of Christ, but the celebration, uh, the dancing that takes place at the well, but also when we rejoice. So maybe this afternoon when you're walking, you get done walking your four miles, you might still have energy to celebrate the fact that you're making a difference. But ultimately, that is, and I've countless times when I've been to Haiti and other places, and I've seen someone at a well, when the water pumps for the first time, or if it's been repaired and flows again, I've witnessed pure joy in that kind of celebration. And then the arrow, obviously the cycle is changed. Now that cycle that we're talking about is the cycle that they get up every morning, every afternoon, they take their journey, they get their dirty water, they get sick, and the cycle starts over and over. But with the, you all and everyone else helping to change the cycle, the cycle is broken, and subtly, thus, who are here this morning, obviously here for a common purpose, we give the credit to God, and that's where the arrow points up. 
So that is what your shirt icon means, and that is what we'll be doing today. But I wanted to show you, just for those of you who have not walked before, why we walk. Could you imagine that is your water source? There's a lot of words that can be described, but difficult, uh, insane, uh, dangerous. But guess what's in there? Something we need for life, water. That looks yummy. I mentioned this in class this morning, kind of, and we kind of laugh because I know you guys have experienced rainy and dry season, but around the world there's literally rainy and dry season. That is a riverbed in dry season. And it'll continue, the water will continue to go down. That is a riverbed, meaning in the rainy season, where you see brown is full of water. That is a riverbed. So the struggle is real. But last year, we weren't together. But we were still together, and I, I just wanted to share a couple of memories from last year. Uh, Matt just had to steal, steal the attention in that picture. I don't know why. <laughs> but you all still found a way to walk for water in various locations. It looks like you walked in December in Tennessee with all the gear you're wearing. I don't know. I, I, I usually look like that in October when I come up for the walk, and you guys are in shorts, so I don't know. It must have been a little chillier. And there you go. Just a flashback to show you and help you remember the fun. Even though we were apart, you still made that difference. And that is what you walk for. And my favorite picture... We don't usually get that high quality photos back, but in Ghana there was a professional photographer who had taken pictures at some well. So, uh, but, so that is why we walk for water. And the theme is change the cycle. And this morning, though, we're going to go down a different kind of theme with that. We're going to talk about changing the cycle in our lives. And I'm just going to leave that up to the rest of the time. You can see that in the background. But let me ask you this. When Jesus came to this earth, why did he come? You may very well say he came to change the cycle. In the Gospel of John and throughout the Gospels, we read many of accounts where we encounter Jesus going into a situation and bringing change, do we not? Specifically in John chapter 5, where we're going to go through our story this morning to, to look. If you want to go ahead and flip there, John chapter 5. But right there to chapter 4, in John chapter 4, Jesus encounters a woman at the well. Brings change to her life, change to that community. Then in chapter 8, as you go on down, you see another encounter where Jesus brings change with the woman caught in adultery. When Jesus encounters us, change must take place. When Jesus encounters us, we have to ask, are we willing to change? Now, I'm going to tell you this. Do, do you like to change? Do you like change? No. I want you to know, and don't raise your hand and confess this morning, but how many of you did not like the fact that some of your parking spots were blocked off? <laughs> that is frustrating. Who has blocked my spot? How many of you come into church on a Sunday morning and you look at somebody sitting in your seat? 
Well, I've sat there for 20 years. That's my seat. I don't change. If I sit on the left side, the preacher looks different. <laughs> we do not like change. So when we encounter Jesus and he asks us to change our cycle, it's tough. John chapter 5. Let's go ahead and flip in our Bibles there. Fitting that a guy who works for an organization that his job is to talk about water would take you to the scene of water. John chapter 5. We're going to read verses 2 through 9. And then we're going to focus on one part of the, of the story. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five Ruth, five Ruth colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the, into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, going, another steps down before me. <coughs> Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. In some of your translations, you might have saw a verse 4 that talks about the angel stirring the water. And I'm not going to take us in to really break down what's going on at this pool, but there was a belief, a superstition or whatever, that when the water stirred, an angel would heal the first one in the water. And so for 38 years, this man laid there wanting change. For 38 years. 38 years is easy for me to remember or to, not, to understand. I was 38 years old when I got married. So for 38 years of my life, I acted as a, well, not all 38 years, because the, the, the beginning of my life, I was dependent on my parents. But for a majority of life, Sean did Sean's way, correct? And we can be set in our ways. We have our ways. So for me, I think, okay, for 38 years, so that's a long time. This guy, though, lays there, wanting change, wanting to be healed. But let's stop and let's ask the question, did he really want to be changed? Let's look at this verse, and, and, and I don't know the man personally. I was not alive back then. So maybe he has a different view. But let's just look at it from this perspective in 6 and 7. Verses 6 and 7. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Let us ask that to you. Do you want Jesus to change you? <coughs> ask yourself that question. Do you want Jesus to change you? Now in a second, I'm going to give you the answer, but let's look at his answer, and I'm going to tell you how we sometimes answer that question. But he says to Jesus, Sir, I have no one to put me into the, into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. You would expect his answer to be what? Yes. But he gives an answer of kind of, well, here's what's going on. When we encounter Jesus and Jesus is challenging us to have our lives changed, do we answer with 
not a, yes, change my life, Jesus, give me what you're offering, or do we have answers of, well, I'll change my life when I get married. I'll be more committed to you when I have a family, or when I get to that position in my job, when I get to that point, when I, we have all this, well, when, when things are right, Jesus, then, then I can fit you into my life. And I'm not saying that maybe, you know, we all struggle with that because guess what? We are human. We are mankind. And guess what? We are selfish by nature. We like our things our way. We, we love Burger King's slogan, right? Have it your way. I think that's their slogan. <laughs> Sounds good. If not, I just made a new slogan for them. And we want the comforts of how things are. And so when things come into our lives that make us want to change, it's hard. And here's a man who'd been lame or, or sick for 38 years. And we think, wow, poor guy. You know, we, uh, we sometimes encounter this in the work with healing hands. We go into a community and we bring them something. And I'll never forget a story that threw me off. And I'm not saying this is always. But there was a community where we put a well in, brought clean water. It was, it was right there. It cut their distance of walking drastically and just made it so much easier. But they didn't like the change, not because they didn't want the clean water, but you know what it took away from? Their daily journey to the water hole where it was a social hour. Clean water that doesn't make you sick. Socializing. Well, duh, take the clean water. Here's a man that's been lame for 38 years. Duh, you want to be healed. Change is hard. So when we say change the cycle, it's easy for us to look at them and say, yes, we want to change their cycle. But how many of us are like, somebody come change my cycle? There's a couple of passages I want to kind of just read this morning. When I think about change and when we encounter Jesus and what he asks us to do, I always think about Romans chapter 12, verse 2, that says, and this is hard, do not be conform to this world, but transform by the renewing of your mind. Transform. Now, I think of transform. I think of me as a kid. I think about transformers, the cartoon, the robots that were like a car that turned into a robot. All of a sudden, there was a, a semi-truck going down the road, and he's like, oh, the next thing, he's running down the road with a sword in his hand. I was like, wow, that's cool change. Do not conform to this world, but be changed, be transformed. Well, wait a minute. I like the world. I like living in the world. I like the comforts of the world. We're all guilty of that, right? We all partake in the world, in the comforts of the world. But you want me to be changed, transformed? I think about the passage found in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, if you want to flip over there. Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> In the little subtitle in my Bible before you get into this, which was not there when it was written, but we've added them in since. Put on the new self is what it says. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. <coughs> Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. You read some of those words and you think, oh, well, I don't get caught up in that. I'm not into sexual morality or idolatry or whatever. But then you stop and you think, what's holding you back from wanting to change? What is it in your life that you're doing that is comfortable to you, that you enjoy, that is just who you are, that Christ is challenging you to change? And you're like, well, I don't want to do that. But we know that what the, the end result is when we follow Christ is what? A better life. A hope for eternity. It's, it's all these things that we want, but we don't want to change that cycle, do we? And I speak as a guilty person. I have my comforts. I'm not perfect. I mess up. You know, I said anger. Anybody drive? Well, I don't know how it is here, but I drive in Nashville. We can't drive. Maybe I can't drive and everybody else can, and that's what frustrates me. But something's going on where I get frustrated on a daily basis in my car. And thankfully, that car is surrounded and nobody knows what I'm thinking or what I'm saying. We all have our things in our life that we, we do, that who makes us up who we are. And then we encounter Christ every Sunday. Every time we're together, we encounter Christ. And he's saying, follow me, change. Change your cycle, and it's like, Yes, and we walk out of church, we walk out of that devotional, we walk out of whatever event we're together and walk water, we're, we're all in unison, and we go back and we get caught up, and guess what, tomorrow morning we wake up and we're back in our little routine, aren't we? You know, what I, what I love about the, the story is that, in John chapter 5, is that Jesus didn't question him, he didn't, he healed him. He changed him. And, and what I love about that and what I want you to take from encouragement is this, is when you encounter Jesus, he wants you to change instantly. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you what he's offering instantly. He's not judging you on who you are, where you've been, what you've done. He's not looking at that. He wants to transform you into a follower of him. And that's what his purpose is. And that's why he came to this earth to change the cycle that we are in. In a second, we're going to go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. You know, an interesting thing also, by the way, the, the, the pool there, the, 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 the name Bethesda actually means house of mercy. Just decide not if you ever wanted to know that. But let me ask you these couple of things. Do we look at others and want to change them? Well, I know what you need. Let me change you. But then we look in that mirror and we say, well, I'm not going to change who I am. Do you want to be changed? 
You know, before we go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I was, recently was talking about a sermon at my home congregation in Nashville. And I was talking about encountering Jesus. And there's two people in the Bible that encounter Jesus. And I think that's where we're at and who we are. We're either going to be one or the other. There's the, there's the rich young ruler in his story. And then there's Zacchaeus, the wee little man. They both encounter Jesus. They have two different results. We're not going to go there in the passage, but you think about when, the, when Zacchaeus sees Jesus coming to town, he does whatever it takes, doesn't he? He's a wee little man. He climbs up in a tree to see Jesus. Jesus and him interact. Jesus talks to him, and what does he do? He instantly changes, does he not? He realizes, man, I've been a bad dude. I've ripped some people off. I'm going to give back. He changes. The rich young ruler... Rich young ruler seems to be a typical going church guy. From what we hear, you know, I've done all these things, followed your commandments, and Jesus said, well, here, you need to do this. You need to change. And he thinks about it, and what's he do? What's his response? He walks off sad, not wanting to be changed. You're going to encounter Jesus, not just once. Jesus is always going to be in your life. You're going to encounter him. The question is, how are you going to respond? Are you going to want what he has to offer and you're going to be willing to change your cycle and be followers of him? Or are you going to encounter him and when you see that change, you're going to be like, nah, I think I'm good with where I'm at. I want to stay with what my comforts are. See, Jesus doesn't want us to be comfortable in where, where we're at. He wants us to be transformed. And the more people follow Christ and transform their lives, the better this world is. The more impact's made. But I tell you this. It's hard because every day you turn that TV on, you get on social media, and it's all about how to make you, me, I, what I want, what I need, what makes me happy. You notice all of it's about us. Christ says, give up yourself. Turn your life over to me. Love others. Bring that change. Man, it's hard. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, as we wrap up this morning. We've got a big day ahead of us. We're about to tailgate. First walk for water. Tailgating session I've ever been to. I've been to a few walks. We're going to enjoy fellowship together. We're going to strengthen each other. We're going to encourage each other. And today we're going to stand in unison because we're out to change the cycle for others. But also we can stand here and say, you know what? I love being here and being around my brothers and sisters in Christ because they help me realize that it's the right way to walk. It's the right way to be. But we're going to wake up tomorrow, and guess who's going to be waking on us in our mirror in our daily lives? Satan's going to say, hey, stick in your comforts. Do what you want to do. It's about you. It's about you, Sean. Everything's about you, Sean. Cater to yourself. Don't worry about others. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Here is Jesus calling to what he can do for us. You've read it before. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Are you crucified with Christ? Are you no longer living for yourself, but living for Christ? For some of you in this audience, maybe you have no clue who Jesus is. Maybe you're just learning about him. 
there are people here I know will study with you and they will show you through his word what it means to be a follower of Christ. For some of us, we're, we're, we're wanting to make that change in our life. We want Christ in our lives and we just haven't made that step to say, you know what? I want to be crucified with you. I want to be baptized. I want to become new. I want to have my cycle changed. You have that opportunity as every day, anytime. I know someone would gladly meet you here or anywhere and baptize you into Christ. And for a lot of us that are sitting here today, maybe you've been in this building for so long and every Sunday, but your life is in the same old cycle. And you just need the prayers and the encouragement of the brothers and sisters here to say, you know what, we're going to walk with you, we're going to help you, whatever rut you're in, we're going to get you out. Because that's what Christ's community is about. That's what this church is about, is about being there for each other so that we can go out and change the cycle of what we see around us. There are a lot of things that are going on in your lives. If you have any prayer requests, whatever your needs are, I encourage you to come. Just know this, Jesus wants to encounter you every moment of life you have an opportunity to encounter. Are you encountering him? Is it not encountering? Are you walking away changed for the better? Or are you still away? Whatever your needs are, I encourage you to come as together we stand and sing.